0: May not have a film fixation, but we're here for a noir education.
1: bee boo Dood doodla-doo. pow. Welcome to a real education noir. I am Melissa and I'm joined once again by Barb. Yay, I'm back! Yay! Thank you once again for joining us, Barb. We are watching today a movie called The Setup. The Setup. What do you know about the setup, Barb?
0: Uh, The only thing I know about the setup is that it is approximately one hour long. It is a noir film, and we are continuing our uh, Robert Ryan train... It is Robert Ryan, right? It is Robert yes. Ryan, yes. Woo! because right, I'm on that train. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, that this... is the extent of what I know about the setup.
1: <laughs> this is because we <laughs> the... approximately 30 seconds has elapsed since yes. recording the previous episode. So, so here we are. So technically, I never actually went anywhere, guys. Oh. Shh. Don't tell anybody. We've actually been sitting here for two weeks. <laughs>
0: oh, God. <laughs> it's been a very long two weeks.
1: <laughs> it's... It's a well-appointed basement. (laughs) Anyway. We got a bed. (laughs) There is a bed. You know, we could find snacks. Yeah. 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 This could work. Yeah. Anyway, we are going to watch the setup. It is indeed uh, starring Robert Ryan, who we just saw in Berlin Express. It is a one-hour-long movie that was directed by Robert Wise, Mm -hmm. who is um, one of the legendary directors of hollywood he directed things like the haunting and uh star trek the motionless picture and you know the first one yep uh <laughs> also uh, a wacky noir film called odds against tomorrow which i absolutely adore and uh he started on the uh orson wells train you know he he started as an editor under orson wells and then oh. moved on to his own project so this is one of his earliest things that he's done okay <clears throat> 1949 robert ryan it is a delightful movie and i'm anxious to show it to you okay all right so dear listeners look up the setup it should be fairly easy to find and we will join you after this brief musical interlude
0: dun dun dun
1: This is a lovely way to spend an evening. Can't think of anything I'd rather do. And welcome back. Well, Barb, what did you think of the setup?
0: Uh, there was a lot of fighting happening. Yeah. Um... Much punching, (laughs) much punching was had. Uh, Much, much punching. Um, It was good. I enjoyed it. It was not. I mean, I didn't know anything about it going into it. Obviously, right? Um, But I, I guess it wasn't what I was anticipating. Mm -hmm. When you'd said that it was an hour long, Mm
1: -hmm. it's slightly longer. than Right? It's like an hour and twelve minutes. Whatever. I don't care. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry. Um, Yeah. Be mad, listeners. You had an extra 12 minutes you had to listen to um, or watch. Um I didn't realize until you had mentioned it that it was, like, in real time. Yes. And then I was like, oh, okay, this, this is making a lot more sense now. Yeah, the
1: pacing is really kind of strange until you realize it's, yeah. like, they're showing every moment and mm-hmm. from was it like 9:05 they they show clocks yeah. on either side so 9:05 p.m. to like 10:16 p.m. Mm-hmm. it is and i was this a little story. i was a little confused as to why they kept showing clocks so many times mm-hmm. and then i was like and then when you said that and
0: that like the last scene is of a clock i was like oh, uh, okay yep that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. this is one of the very earliest movies to to beat the whole thing in Just real time. Mm -hmm. Uh, One year prior to this was Alfred Hitchcock's Rope, which kind of won up to this one by um, uh, by not just being in real time, but one continuous shot. Oh dang! I mean, it, it wasn't one continuous shot. They hid where they had to cut just because right. the the film reels were only eighteen minutes long or yeah. something like that. But they they designed it to be there are no cuts in the movie. It's just mm-hmm. inside one apartment, one camera following everybody through it. Mm-hmm. So this was, it wasn't quite as fancy as that, but it was right. still it was still kind of an art tour move of like from the start of the movie to the end of the movie. You're mm-hmm. seeing all the moments represented. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I did, I I liked it. I'm not, I'm not a super big fan of boxing. Mm, Yeah. Um, me neither. But like, I really, the, the primary reason that I, um, I have issues with boxing is like the, and it's the same reason for like MMA or any of that type of stuff Mm -hmm. or football or really any sports in general is, and especially when was this like the fifth This was 1949. 49. Mm -hmm. Um, no like concussion like protocols in any way shape or form right. and i mean and i feel like they do like kind of a good job in like being like yeah this is a rough freaking sport you have the one guy who's hawking like the materials and stuff that you kind of get the sense like i feel like he used to be in it mm-hmm. um and then, I mean, you know, you got the guys with, like, the giant noses and the cauliflower ears and all, you know, all sorts of stuff happening. And and then um Tugboat? Is a Tugboat? tugboat? Uh, gunboat. Gunboat. Gunboat, all right. I was like, it's not Tugboat, it's mm-hmm. not Dreamboat, it's something boat. <laughs> um Gunboat, he's, you know, like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then, like, he gets knocked out and you see him come back and, like, you know, they're like, who are, who are you? And he's... You know, saying Manila, Manila, or whatever. Frankie Manila, whatever it is. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, you need to take him to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so like, I, they, I feel like they actually do a good job in being like, yeah, this is a brutal, brutal sport Mm -hmm. to, to try to, you know, figure out and deal with. So it's,
1: it's nice, suicidal. I mean, this is, yeah. It's, it's not a sport where you necessarily enjoy the athleticism. It's, it's like the destruction. Of yeah. The well, body. all right. I mean, so yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the like five or six fans that they kept continuously going back for shots yeah. for kill him. You you've got the one lady with like probably her husband mm-hmm. where he's just sort of like meh, and she's like yeah, and like slowly <laughs> getting more and more into it and standing up and yelling and shaking her fist and going kill him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um and you know you got the fat guy who every time you see him is eating something different yeah because uh, ha ha fat right exactly mm-hmm. um you have the one couple where the dude is like super into it and like <laughs> the 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 female is like cringing and as things are going on and mm-hmm. he's like pretend fighting and like as the other one's getting hit he's like oh my eye Yeah. And he, it's i I I was like <laughs> dude you're you're fine don't worry <laughs>
1: He's really empathetic. They're very, very, very
0: <laughs> empathetic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like it was it was really interesting how they had those different, you know, consistently throughout all of the different, you know, matches, bouts, whatever you want to call them, that they would sort of do little
1: excerpts from and their reactions to it and everything. So, yeah, it's like the whole movie really relies heavily on these Almost like tiny vignette dramas that are happening in the corners. Mm-hmm. It's the the men in the in the locker room. It's the the people in the audience, and just about anybody you run into. Yeah. In the movie, you get kind of this snapshot of their character. Yeah,
0: I have to admit, mm-hmm. out of all of the audience like shots, there's this one guy who consistently is like trying to take a like a drag of his cigar. Yes, and something is always happening where like <laughs> and he never gets it to his mouth. And it's like <laughs> I think you see him maybe like eight or ten times, but every time it's like, uh, no, oh uh, there's something else going on. Yes, and <laughs> like by the end it was just comical because he's still like not able to smoke because it's so
1: exciting to him. Or so. the guy that has the radio trying to listen to the ball game <laughs> He won't watch He's one sport and listen like... to the other. He's listening to the Cubs watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are committed to their sports. They really are. They really are. It And it's... The, the way... I mean, for 1949, um, it, I mean, Robert Wise has always worked on movies that always kind of had an edgy sort of look and feel to them, mm-hmm. and there are certain camera movements that happened in this movie I watched. It's like, this does not look like a 1940s movie. It doesn't even look like a 1950s movie. I really? Mean, there's these big sweeping shots, and and I mean, there's a, a certain polish to some of the stuff, which is uh, looks very much vanguard to what you're used to seeing in movies of this era mm-hmm. um you know and you know just beyond that there there are some just pieces of black and white photography that are amazing just the way they lay out the shot with the shadows and uh they're working the shadows real hard
0: mm-hmm. in this movie and Yeah, i
1: love watching that stuff i mean like the the bit in the alleyway at the end where robert ryan is up against the the big middle garage door and and it is he's just surrounded by darkness
0: (laughs) and then it's just the four
1: shadows slowly creeping closer Mm -hmm. Uh or when he's just diving through the empty arena or uh, uh, or, well this is a movie that's a favorite of uh of martin scorsese okay and so even though it's not known kind of popularly known unless you're a real big cinema nerd Uh, Scorsese loves it and um, when he made Raging Bull in the early 80s also in Black and White also a boxing movie Mm -hmm. uh, he had to really focus to not copy what Robert Wise was doing here okay (laughs) because he loves this movie so much Um, this movie was made at RKO once -hmm. again yay radio picture whatever the hell that is Um, at this point RKO was under the leadership of Howard Hughes. You know, the the big yep. rich millionaire the himself, Howard the Hughes. Howard Hughes. So when uh Scorsese made The Aviator, which is about Howard Hughes, mm-hmm. he made DiCaprio sit down and watch this movie and now it's one of DiCaprio's favorite movies too. Right. Good, good. <laughs> Spread the love. But yeah, the 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 dynamic way the fight is shot is really amazing. Yeah. Um the I like the way Wise shows people on mm-hmm. on the movie screen. There, there's so much to the casting of this. I should back. I should backtrack a little bit. This movie is based on a poem, as you noticed. Yeah, like the second <laughs> screen,
0: based on a poem by blah blah blah. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, wait on a poem? You don't
1: see that very often. Nope. Yeah, it's by a poem uh, by no, Joseph. Not a movie about boxing, at least. <laughs> Joseph Mancure March, or Mancure March is the uh, gentleman who wrote the poem, and after he wrote the poem, he went to Hollywood and uh, started writing movies himself. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably best known for being one of the writers on Hell's Angels, which oh. was the Hell's Angels that Howard Hughes directed and nearly bankrupted himself on. It t- <laughs> took a bazillion years to make and so many dollars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But that poem it's interesting because the lead character is black. Oh. So at this point in time, you really well, you probably could have, but mm-hmm. studios did not want yeah. to cast a black actor as a lead.
0: I mean, and they had two, I think it was two people of color in the movie. Yeah. In the movie itself, there yes. was the, the the title fight guy who was you know, going and having big dreams and big tours and everything. Mm-hmm. And then there was, um, I think it was another support person or something like that. So yeah. I
1: was... Black mm. like, like people have appeared in movies for long before this, and there was even, like, a black movie studio and, and so on and so forth. But this was still the era where uh, Stephen Fitchett, the you know, the, the bug eyes and the, you know, the horrible, horrible stereotypical... Yeah. Roles were still being portrayed on screen even well after this. Robert Wise did try to cast a black actor. Oh, good. Uh, RKO wouldn't have it. Of course not, because because racism. Yeah. But no. uh, you know, thankfully, we at least had the the bit roles with.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also yeah like the fact that of all of the boxers, the one who was the most successful. Was a black guy. Was the black guy mm-hmm. who he was the title fight. He was the one who's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going out to the East Coast. I've got Philly. I've got New York. I've got all of this stuff lined up." And everybody else is like, "We're gonna go to
1: Milltown." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that the gentleman playing that role was James Edwards, who was um, prior to Sidney Poitier, he was one of the very few black actors of the of this era who played roles that were more educated and playing against stereotype. Yeah. And so it's like, yay, this was his earliest role in movies. And uh, the same year, he also made a movie called home of the brave, which is probably the role he played there was probably what he's best remembered for. But very soon after this, this is when you start seeing Sidney Poitier in films Mm -hmm. or uh, a few years later, Robert Wise made Odds Against Tomorrow with Harry Belafonte, and things started to yeah. open up a little bit, yeah. at least. They course, can
0: still do better, Hollywood. They can
1: still do better. Black Panther was awesome. I would like 17 more, please. Many more Black Panthers. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and And Get Out. And there have been some yes. magnificent pieces of cinema led by black people lately, and mm-hmm. i Moonlight was wonderful, I really Ugh. love it Anyway, anyway So uh, The writer was really Really freaking pissed that A white guy was in the lead when yeah. this was made So
0: How long do you think that poem is? I, I don't know, I should now.
1: I really do need to, to look it up and read it And I should have done that before I really should
0: I'd be very interested to know, like, is it like a giant poem? Or is it like just super tiny? I mean, I I feel like it would have to be almost book length type of a poem
1: I don't know well, there there are other as far as I know, there are some other changes to the the narrative of it of it like the the lead character there there are other changes to the character just aside from being white suddenly, but uh it seemed like the sort of detail that it would indicate it's a longer poem <laughs> it is it is. It is quite long. It's quite long.
0: Okay. I'm going <laughs> to bookmark that for later. I'm going to bookmark that and read it. <laughs> this looks delightful. Ooh. Pansy had the stuff, but his skin was brown, and he never got a chance at the middleweight crown. Oh, it even rhymes. Oh, my goodness. Mean as a panther, crafty as a fox. He could hit like a mule, and he knew how to box. I am totally reading this. Oh, yeah, okay. me too. Okay, I will send you the link. Okay, we we should have a dramatic reading. (laughs) Oh, I can do dramatic readings. I can do dramatic readings.
1: (laughs) Uh, Awesome, awesome. I'm I'm very glad you looked that up. All
0: right, sorry, focusing. No, it's
1: okay, we are focused. This is relevant. It is. This is relevant. So, um, Wise did try casting Canada Lee, who uh, was uh, in another boxing movie called Body and Soul. Wonderful movie. But... Yeah, RKO wasn't going to have that. So that's why we have Robert Ryan in the role. Um, and to his credit, Robert Ryan was a former boxer. He was actually a boxing champion when he was at Dartmouth. So oh, real? Oh, okay. real boxer, at least. Right. So, I mean, at least some authenticity. Yeah. But it's yeah. it's disappointing that they weren't able to yeah. appropriately cast the, yeah. the role. This was the movie that uh, allowed Robert Wise to leave the RKO. <laughs> so oh, really? this was his, the fulfillment of his contract. Okay. So he his career kind of started taking up off, off after this, because uh, RKO was it was it, a fine studio but mm-hmm. lower budget, and right. uh, he went to much bigger things after this. He, you know, Sound of Music and and uh, West Side Story and so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah. Big, big, big stuff. Uh, this movie is kind of like a uh, a rogue's gallery of really B-list character actors, <laughs> especially of the noir era, because you know you you gotta cast some really interesting faces for mm-hmm. uh for this sort of movie. But also the the woman who is the Julie, the, yes Julie, uh that's Audrey Totter and she was she never made it to be an A-list actor but she was kind of the the B-list bad girl of this era. Oh, really? Yeah, she was uh at first a radio actress. She came out of Chicago and uh she's probably best known for being the floozy that gets picked up in Postman Always Rings Twice. Mm-hmm, okay. But she's in a whole bunch of of movies in the noir era just as the bad girl. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> pigeonhole day eh? yeah and uh she actually lived until like 2013 she she made it to age 95 she only nice. recently passed away
0: yeah uh if if my googling is correct there's only one person still alive from like the actual cast and he was like the little young punk mm-hmm. who was but
1: i think everybody else is unfortunately gone yeah yeah a lot of older older gentlemen in this movie yes <laughs> Uh, let's see. Also, let's see, uh, Milton Krasner. Oh, Oh, Milton Krasner. I wrote down a note about him and I was like, who's Milton? Oh yeah. The cinematographer. Duh. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Milton Krasner was the guy who shot all about Eve as well as this movie. Oh, okay. But he's, he was a rather well-known cinematographer. He did, uh, he was nominated for Oscars like six times. He won, for 3 coin 3 coins in the fountain he was really good at both black and white and color photography nice so uh, a cinematographer of some renown yeah yeah it, it, and i really like just looking at this movie i <laughs> the mean the photography yeah, is amazing
0: the the way stuff is framed and
1: focused mm-hmm. yeah it's yeah and it's, it's not afraid real. of like Big close ups, so, you know, it close up on the frying hamburger mm-hmm. pull out. And then, yes. and then you get charged a dollar 16 for two beers, a hamburger, and whatever else she two bought. Cans of soup and then or she whatever. complains about it, yeah,
0: because it's over, it's originally only a dollar 13, but what was it? Uh, uh three cents for three. the governor, three cents for the governor, yeah, that's right. And then she was like, <laughs> Oh gosh, she made some It was like, Why don't you just throw in a floor show? I think yeah. it was,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah it's it's an interesting little movie i re- i really really enjoy it and i love i love showing it to people so mm. i'm glad you enjoyed it yeah um so dear listeners i'm also a big fan of uh real-time movies so uh, also look up rope high noon came out a couple of years after this and uh, high noon also takes place in real time uh, there, more recently, there's, uh, there's a movie called Running Time that stars, uh, uh, Bruce Campbell of Evil Dead fame. Okay. But it's also filmed in black and white. And oh. That, that's also, like, Rope, where, uh, it's supposed to be one continuous shot as well. Oh, really? So it's, uh, it's black and white, it's a robbery film, it's a heist, yay heist films. Nice. yeah. Uh, there's Russian Ark, which is a Russian movie that they filmed in, um... I'm going to totally blank on the name of the museum in uh, St. Petersburg, but it's also one unbroken shot where they kind of build this weird narrative as they go through the museum. And of course there's my dinner with Andre. Yes. Which is my favorite punchline for movie jokes. (laughs) Of course. But thank you, Wallachon. I love you. (laughs) So did you have any other any th- other thoughts about the movie? I mean, this one's going to be super short because it's super short movie. It, it
0: it is, you know. I mean, it's it's a whopping seventy two minutes with with credits and everything. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So the I, the wife because she's got a ring on, so I'm just going to assume that Julie they're married. Mm-hmm. I the, the, the I, honey exactly, <laughs> Julie.
1: Um, Julie, yes,
0: there. You know, so she complains at the beginning about like you know, you're so old, you're 35, blah, blah, blah. Um, You know, why are you still doing this? And I would rather have you alive than dead and with your brain splattered and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole entire, and he's always just like, well, it's one more and one more and one more. Mm -hmm. And you see that with all of the boxers. Yeah. Uh, Like, as they're going through, it's just, well, if I can do, if I win this, then then I can get it you know, a shot at the title, or yeah. then I can do this, or then I can do, and it's, and it's sort of one of those, as he's getting ready for his fight, you know, he's, all of the boxers are saying this, and I'm kind of going, are you listening to this, and are you like thinking about it, and kind mm-hmm. of like going, okay, maybe I'm, I need to be done, and time, and stuff like that, and then at the very end, uh, he gets his hand smashed by a brick, that's what it is. Yeah. Yes, because he didn't take a dive in the
1: third like he should have, um, but he was never told to. So. He was never told to. It's uh, like, God damn it! Stupid. If people would just would just talk with one another, a right. lot of this would right. have been avoided.
0: Like realistically, there's a lot of movies that could end within like 15 minutes if people just communicated. So, mm-hmm. but then again, it's not going to be fun for us. Uh, it was. I, I had very torn emotions at the very end because he's going. I won. I won. He's got the. Crap kicked out of him. His mm-hmm. hand—you never actually see it, because mm-hmm. you, I mean, I assume it's shriveled and almost not there. Yeah. Um. You know, but he's going, "I won, I won," and because he did win by a knockout. And it's at the same time, she's going, "I won," because now you can't box anymore. Yeah. And and it's one of those like dang uh, that's cold lady like <laughs> yeah like i kind of get it but at the same time dang <laughs> like whoo like don't be so happy that your husband just got the crap kicked out of him and mm-hmm. basically lost the use of his left hand or whatever so yeah i don't know yeah um, uh my other favorite part was the uh the claw game that they were playing oh God, at the yes. bar.
1: <laughs> I got it. I got it. He's got the
0: camera. It's and... like legit camera. I was looking. I was like, are those actual like cameras? And they were. Yeah. And I was like, you're never going to actually get a camera.
1: <laughs> but he was going to try. I, I right. have been that guy. Oh, I know. So have yeah, I. over much lesser things. Yep. Same. Um, my... there, there was a, a Kiwi be- beanie baby that. Probably extracted about $20 out of me. It's like, I could have just gone and bought the goddamn Beanie Baby. My eldest brother is... (laughs) He has a
0: really weird talent where he's really super good at, Mm -hmm. like, the claw games. Like, he takes his kids to Chuck E. Cheese or whatever, and he'll sit there and get, like, nine things on ten claw uses. Mm It's... I... I, yeah, I'm just like, okay, because I can sit there for three hours and and get maybe close to one
1: thing, but. I used to be one of those. Um. I had a blog called Obey the Claw (laughs) that was all about the things I got out of claw machines. I, no lie. No lie. Obey the claw Obey the claw I got a I lot just, of crap out of I'm not gonna games. lie,
0: as soon as you said that In my mind, I went straight to Toy Story Yes And the little aliens going, ooh, ooh the claw As the claws, like, moving around <laughs>
1: to pick them up As you should Yes <laughs> So now I want a bunch of little cameras looking up at, "Ooh." ooh. What are your thoughts? What are your final thoughts? Oh, I've had I've had so many thoughts on this movie. <laughs> it was good. I enjoyed yeah. it. I'm I'm very glad. I'm yes. very glad. Yeah, I this is one I originally watched because um, I've had this ro- long running project, it, by which I mean like 15 years, where I have basically uh, done this statistics game between uh, IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes to figure out what movies I most need to watch, Ooh. depending on their their rating. I the, the statistics thing that I run on in this Excel spreadsheet with like twenty pages of of um, pivot tables. It's Hashtag hilarious, dead a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've been using these statistics to pick out movies that are like, I like film noir. How do I watch the best film noirs ever made? Well, let's Ooh. figure it out. And this kept coming up. And for the longest time, I couldn't find a copy of it. And then it started popping up on streaming channels. And I finally tracked it down. And it's like, this was one of the most delightful things I've I've encountered just during doing that uh, sort of data mining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, it it occasionally turns up something really oddball, and and it leads me to all these wonderful discoveries, and this was one of them. Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, dear listeners, uh, it sounds like we're sort of running out of steam a little bit. Um, We're not going to, uh, uh, you know, have our hands mashed or anything.
0: No. I mean, if you wanted, me, I could... It's not I, my thing, really. Okay. I, I mean, hey, you know, whatever your jam is, I support it. If you need me to smash your hand with, with a a brick, I'm I'm here for you. Okay, we could make an so, arrangement.
1: Okay. Okay. Dear listeners, or, if you need anybody to smash your hand with a brick, Barb is ready to oblige. I mean, I
0: I just I never give the people you. what they
1: want, Melissa. <laughs> You're a giver. You're a giver. <laughs> All right, so thank you so much, Barb, for watching the setup with me tonight. Thank you for having me over and letting me. Thank you. And thank you, dear listeners, for following us there. And next time we're going to be doing To Be or Not To Be. Shakespeare? No. It's a delightful movie.
0: Oh, it's actually, the title it is, is called To
1: Be or Not To, to Be. To Be or Not To Be, yes. Oh, okay. With Carol Lombard. Dear listeners, look that one up if you haven't already seen it. And we will talk about that one next time. Thank you again, Barb. Thank you. And good night, listeners. Bye. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Noir Education. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for A Real Education Noir. New episodes arrive on the 7th and 21st of every month. You can find our podcasts and social media feeds on our website at realedunoir.com. Special thanks to Tim Wick, Jeffrey Brown, and Chad Dutton for our theme music. If you like our show, you might also like our parent podcast, A Real Education, which discusses all genres of film. You can find it on the web at realedu.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Don't you see, Bill, you'll always be just one punch away.